Hello and welcome back to the True North Canadian Football Podcast. I am your host, Mike Schwan. Follow me on Instagram at Mike Schwan or Mike Schwan CFL on Twitter. I'm Taylor Curry, and you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Taylor Curry SK. And uh, I should say Carter is away, and so we were initially going to do have James be hosting because he's traditionally our backup host, but he had uh, a friend surprise him with Blue Jays game uh, tickets, so he is not here. So, uh, like Saskatchewan last week, we are down to our third stringer here. Um, <laughs> I would like to introduce you to our th- backup backup host, Dylan Lowe. So, Dylan, why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Dylan. I'm a you can follow me on Instagram at DylanLow27. That's it. That's your plug. All right. So you can follow the pod on, what is it? Oh, yeah. True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. So let's quickly jump through the news here. John Ryan was traded to the Elks after recently signing with the Tiger Cats here for a conditional 8th round pick next year. And some more positive news, I guess, here. CFL averaged over 500k in viewers this past week. That's a big dub. And then Bombers have brought back receiver Kelvin McKnight. Stamps, in a major transaction, have signed a long snapper. That is right, a long snapper. <laughs> Zach uh, Sanomorski, wish him the best of luck. Um, Simone Lawrence comes off the six-game injured list after only one game. The Elks have traded and free- therefore freed Levi Noel. He is off to the Elks. The trade is Levi Noel and an eighth-round pick or a seventh-round pick in the upcoming CFL draft. Andrew Harris becomes the first Canadian to rush for over 10K in the CFL. Congratulations to him. Alouettes release defensive end Antonio Simmons. And did Chris Strubler sign with the Jets, or did he visit with the Jets? No, he no, signed. He signed today. Yep, yeah, it's, it's official. Confirmed. Chris Strubler is now a New York Jet. That's why it's in the news, man. Yep. <laughs> and then Cody Fajardo has MCL ligament damage in his left knee. We do not know how severe the damage is. Um, Playing this week, though, it seems like. I, I was actually going to go the contrary. I'd say you let him rest going into the bye week, but we'll see. So, Same. with yes. let's, let's get to our recap here. Okay, so Montreal defeated the Red Blacks 40-33. Now let's get to kind of this game. I don't know. I, I had some weird feelings about this game, but honest to God, Ottawa has had some heartbreakers lately. Where can they find some luck? You know, I I really don't know where they're going to find the luck. They're in Toronto this week, and I mean, that could be the week, if any week. Um, But it, it just sucks to see them keep losing when they're playing these good, competitive, close games. They just can't get that last couple minutes in to win it. So that's a really unfortunate for them. Hopefully it's soon, though. 
I feel bad for them because they show a lot of promise in every game, but they barely come as short. And you always think next week they can just exercise those demons a little bit. They're going to come out with the win, but they just can't do it. It doesn't matter what they do. They just can't seem to find a way to win. And at this point, with your quarterback, with your franchise quarterback down, I don't really know where they go from here. Like, Caleb Evans isn't doing good, but is it really going to be enough to get this done? I don't think so. Yeah, for me, I don't know. They've had a lot of close victories or losses, sorry, even when Mazzoli was in. So it's just Ottawa went from this team that used to be uh, getting blown out regularly in the laughing stock of the league to this team that just keeps losing close game after close game. And. Honest to God, I don't know where they're going to find their luck, but it has been... It's been hard being a Red Blacks fan, if you are are one, to say the least. So, with Montreal's penalty issues continuing, uh, they had 110 yards and penalties this game. Was Kahari Jones really the problem there? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, 100% no. It's... um, it's been some other problems going on there, but I don't th- like. I, I'm waiting for them to trade uh, Ant- or Vernon Adams. Sorry, it just seems like Trevor Harris is their guy. It seems like it's Danny Machocha's guy right now. Um, but yeah, I really don't think Kahari was the problem. The team's going to start clicking now, you know. But uh, penalty wise, no. Like he he he's not controlling this team any better than Kahari did. Um, I think. Anyone who saw Montreal knew that Kari was far from the problem. The team wasn't even in that bad of a state when Kari got fired. Danny Machoch was just looking for a reason to fire him. And he used that as his reason. And I guess now we're seeing that that was not a valid reason and that he just did that for a power move. Yeah, I was going to say this is clearly a power move by Machoch here because I will mention this again. They averaged about 65 yards in penalties with Kahari as the head coach. Uh, I believe the last two weeks it's been 119 and 110 yards in penalties. So, if anything, discipline issue has gotten significantly worse. So yeah, Kahari, definitely not the problem. If a job opens up this offseason, I hope he gets it. He's more than qualified, but I guess we'll have to see. And then, just the last drive of this game, there were some interesting, uh, let's call them decisions by the command center, where I believe it was Mike Moore both times through arm bars, one at a receiver, and the other on the quarterback, and they were initially called for, I believe it was 15-yard penalties both times, but both times, the command center overturned them. So I ask you, did Ottawa get hosed? Well, see, they did drop an open touchdown in the end zone too, so they did kind of hose themselves. But I, I mean, between us, I don't remember a game like that where the where the eye in the sky got so involved in the end of it and kind of changed the outcome that could have happened. Like, yeah, I've just I've never seen anything like that. So I don't know if they got hosed because they had the opportunity, but. Uh, it's just weird to see the like the league involved so much in the game at right at the end of it. It's just really interesting. Um, 
as much as you can blame the rest for whatever or the command center for whatever happened, there is still that fact that they did drop a game time touchdown right in the end zone with what thirty seconds left. If you yeah. want to win, you got to take the opportunities in front of you. They didn't do that, so you can't really blame the refs too much. I understand that sentiment, but I also feel like they should have gotten a better opportunity than they were given because both of those hits, um, we've seen a lot less get flagged, and for the command center to flip that not once but twice at the end of the game, I don't know, it just doesn't sit well with me for them to go and overturn that, and the officials did get it right on the field, so this is like the one time you're ever going to hear me defend Andre Prue and his crew, but <laughs> yeah, I think they got it right on the field, the command center, I don't know why, I think the second one they had to, because it was basically the same hit, but yeah, I don't know, I felt like that wasn't definitive enough for the commands there to say no that's not a penalty and they did um auto fans are not happy you could definitely hear them chanting some choice words at the end of that game <laughs> yeah, so can. yeah it's i don't know i feel like they definitely got hosed a little bit but they also dropped that uh in zone that touchdown at the end too so it's like can't be too harsh about it but at the same time I think they would have had a better shot had they gotten it right. So, let's jump to the next game, which is Hamilton versus BC. BC narrowly winning this game against the Ticats, 17-12. to So I ask you, is BC starting to slow down a little bit? Uh, yeah, I think so. And I, I mean, Burnham's out, so that doesn't help you right now. Your run game slowed down, and they've kind of went one or more one-dimensional. You don't even see Rourke using his legs as much anymore. Uh, so I don't know if it's slowed down or that just teams have more film on them this year with like Rourke being the guy, and they kind of understand the offense or what. But I mean, you're not going to score fifty points every game. That's it's just not going to happen in the CFL. Um, so yeah, I, I'd say they'd slow down a little bit, but it's because just other teams have caught up on film with them. I think we all knew that it was unsustainable what BC was doing. I think Winnipeg kind of put a reality check on them, but in terms of whether or not they're slowing down, I don't think so. Cause they're still winning pretty much every game and they don't look like they're going to stop anytime soon. And yeah, I know. They barely beat Hamilton, who has not looked good this year, but Winnipeg wasn't beating teams by a lot at the start of this year either, and look where they are now. Exactly. Sure. For me, I think statistically, uh, they're regressing a little bit. They are still getting wins, so I can't say they're, you know, falling off a cliff or anything, but I think they are coming down to earth a little bit. They're not blowing teams out like they were at the start of the year. and. Overall, I do think they're not as good as they were at the start of the season, but they're still a very good team, and for me, they're still a top three team in the league. And then, Dane Evans had a pretty good game uh, against BC. Do you think he's figured it out now? Well, he like he didn't do anything to like cause them to lose this one. Like you know, there wasn't any fumbles or any mishaps exactly. kind of right at the end of the game like that. So. 
You know, I like I think he's there. And I mean, if you look at his stats, he's top three in touchdowns and top two in passing yards this year. So like he he's he's doing what he can, but the rest of like they don't have a run game there either. It's so one dimensional. They don't use Don J- Don Jackson or Sean Thomas, whoever they have back there. So it's easy for other teams. Like sorry, it's easier because they know it's one dimensional. Um, but yeah, I, I think Dane Evans is like he's a he's a good quarterback, and they just kind of they have to start figuring things out and getting in the end zone more. You got Braylon Addison out there, and you got some really good receivers around him. You got to utilize them more and get in the end zone. I'm going to be a contrarian on this one. I don't think he's figured it out at all yet. Yeah, he had a way better game than he has the first four games a year, but that's really not saying much. He did put up a ton of yards, and he did limit the turnovers to one, I believe it was. I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so, yeah. But regardless, he's still not leading this team to where they need to be to win games and that was a winnable game against a good team and they didn't pull the win out the bag and at some point you gotta eventually look and say hey the quarterback needs to start doing more for this team that's fair for me I think he has gotten better I wouldn't say he's figured it out but for me if you look at Dane Evans from the first half of the year even Recently, he kind of gave a game away uh, remember, a couple of weeks ago, was it? To, I remember which team, I think it was maybe Montreal. Edmonton? Oh, yeah, that would have been it. Yep. Kind of gave that game away. And then, but this game he made it interesting, at least. He didn't give the game away to BC. Uh, kept it from go- getting out of hand, but uh, he's still got a ways to go, I think. And then for our last question here for this game, Hamilton plays Montreal and Hamilton, then Toronto in Toronto, and then Toronto uh, again at home. Do you think Hamilton will win any of those three games? Well, I think if they win any of those games, they're going to win one of the Toronto ones. It, it, like, it seems likely they're going to, but... Man, it it's been tough going. Just like you kind of said too, like they just they have, and even like Dylan said, they're like they just haven't been able to find the way to win this year. They've only got one win. I mean, it it's really crazy that they're only two wins back from first place, but you know that's how close it is. And I mean, if they turn things around, it could be a quick turnaround, and they could be the ones representing the East in the Great Cup again. But if they keep up this pace, yeah, it's not going to happen, and it's not going to work out for them. So. Yeah, just I think they win the Toronto game. Sorry, but uh, that's that's it. Honestly, one out of those three games coming up. I don't think they're winning versus Montreal this week, so I'm just gonna throw that thought out the window. But after this week, they play Toronto four times in the next five weeks, and I don't think that they're gonna. I do think they'll probably at least get two wins out of there, and I don't think it's gonna be the back end of those two. So I do think they will get one in the in those three in those three games, one of them being against Toronto. Yeah, uh, I think I'm kind of in the same boat as you. Um, I think they win one of those games, uh, but otherwise, I think it's tough sledding for Hamilton going forward. They kind of have to win one of those games. You would hope, oh, yeah, but you never know. What's the record right now? Uh, oh, one God. in five. Yep, there you go. Wait, you cannot go in 
to the second half of the season, one and eight. No. But but here's the thing: Montreal's two and four, and Toronto's three and two. So they're not far behind. Like if Toronto and Montreal start winning lots of games, then they're screwed. But they still have a chance if they turn things around soon. Sure. You're still one and eight, though. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> but I mean, with CFL playoffs, man, you just need to be not in last place, kind of, and you get in the playoffs. So <laughs> pretty much, yeah. Like I mean, you even look at the Riders right now; like they're sitting in fourth place with four wins. So yeah, they're kind of posting right now. Even, I was gonna say, yeah, technically they have the crossover right now, but I don't think you want to. Like you never want to go into a crossover. It's just it's never worked out, and I know it could always be the year, but you don't want to risk it if you if you can help it. Sure. And then speaking of Saskatchewan, uh, they took an L, a fat L at home. There oh, I think you missed a game first. Oh, yeah, did we? we did. Never mind. I'm reading the wrong okay, page. Here we go. So, <laughs> sorry. I got ahead of myself. There we go. So, Ed, Winnipeg down the Elks 24 to 10. And I just want to point out that I did, in fact, meme the Jerome Carter pick into existence. <laughs> now, I've been saying this since the start of the year when Deron Carter gets out there and plays safety. It's over for everyone. And sure enough, got out there his first game and had an interception. You're welcome. So, just, did you see the interception, though? I'm just curious. I did. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't, you know... It I was, was like, yeah. yes, it happened. <laughs> I can talk about it. Yes. Like a gimme. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, hell yeah. I want to see them use it more, but I guess we'll see because Chris Jones can do some interesting things with players. Yeah. He's been playing a quarterback at receiver all season. True. Hey, and just since we usually do kind of like a three points per game and that kind of was a point, but kind of wasn't, let's just take a second to talk about Dalton Schoen. What a guy, like, you know, just like out of nowhere, Comes in, he's third in the league with Pat with receiving yards, and he's tied for first with touchdowns. Like this guy's unreal, and he's like he has to be in your fantasy team almost every week. He is definitely an early front runner for rookie of the year for sure. Oh yeah, I think he's the leader right now. Yeah, I don't. Oh yeah, it has I, to be. Yeah, who who is even close to him right now? You know, nobody. nobody. Yeah, you think like Trey? If you're looking at the big names like Trey Ford's not the Philpot brothers, they've done well, but not that well yet. Yeah, yeah, you just—I don't think it's there this year. Besides, besides him, I say maybe if Trey Ford comes back, it falls out. But at the same time, I don't know if they even do that with Cornelius. But I guess we'll see there. Yeah, but yeah, Dalton's shown great season so far, and then. So our next kind of point was how many more games can Winnipeg go undefeated? Oh, Winnipeg plays Calgary, Montreal back to back, and they have a bye, and then they play Calgary. They got to lose one of those games to Calgary there. I you mean, would you hope win, so. You don't beat a team three three times in a year, typically. You even seen it last year. We Didn't we win one of those games against Winnipeg last year? But then, no, they won all three, I think, no. last year, but I don't know. Yeah, I just I don't see it happening. I th- I like they got to lose one or two this year. They are the best team in the league still, but they got to lose one or two. And hopefully it's just not one of those garbage games at the end. Oh, yeah, my bad. All good. <laughs> it's all good. <laughs> cut that out, cut that out. 
Um, just stay tuned for predictions, I guess. <laughs> Fair enough. You're not sure on how many more games Winnipeg will go undefeated? Well, I have a feeling that I know that they'll lose soon, but we'll see Ooh. how. Ooh, all right, all right, I respect it. For me, I think they lose the Calgary game coming out of the bye because statistically teams are much worse coming out of the bye week. And Winnipeg has been awesome, but I don't think they're immune to that. So I guess we'll kind of see there when that happens. So let's look at what is our next point. Do you keep rolling with Cornelius when Trey Ford returns? Well, you know, I, at this point, no. Like, he didn't do anything spectacular this week. He, I mean, he threw 270, but no touchdowns at one turnover. You know, he's, I, I just, I don't know. If if you think Trey Ford can do better, then try him. But, like, to me, if I'm Jones right now, you don't have a number one starter. Like, it's competitive when Ford comes back because neither guy has been super explosive and got you more than one win this year. I'm a huge supporter of Trey Franchise right here. And uh, Cornelius, we already know what he's going to bring you. He's not, he's got a good arm. He can do good at points in games, but he's not close to a franchise quarterback. He's only at best a decent backup. You don't know what you got in Ford. Why don't you go start him and see maybe if he can be your franchise quarterback for the next year, you're basically out of the running this year with how competitive the West is. You got nothing to lose just writing off this year and using it as a development year for four. I think you're right. I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, Cornelius is a known quantity in terms of what we've seen this guy before. He's adequate, I would say, quarterback. He's not. You're not going to lose games because of him, but he's not going to win you games either. So. Uh, Edmonton, I don't think they're competing this year for anything, so I just, I feel like, yeah, you use this as a development year for Ford, see what he can do, uh, you got some decent pieces on that offense, so it's not like you're totally throwing him to the wolves, so that's how I would kind of handle this year if I'm Edmonton. Now, let's jump to the Saskatchewan game where they got trounced at home by the Argos. This game was actually closer than the scoreboard indicates here. 31 <laughs> to 21. So, thoughts on Ryder's third stringer, Domagala, in his CFL debut? You know, I... I you know, I'm, I honestly, I, he did kind of what I expected. I wasn't expecting him to, like, put this team on his back and get 400, 300 yards and several touchdowns he you know he was around 50 percent under 200 yards and a touchdown and a turnover that seems kind of like what the what the average going rate for a backup quarterback is right now so no he, i think he did all right like uh we definitely need cody Fajardo or mason fine maybe even in there but uh yeah i think he did good for a third string quarterback with like what a few days notice type thing uh, a lot of people have disagreed with me on this, but I actually think he did pretty decently. The stats won't really show it. He was making some bad reads, but that's just a rookie mistake type of thing. And if you watch the plays he was actually getting completions on, he was slinging the ball down the middle into some tight coverage, and he was putting the ball in good position for the receivers to catch it. And these aren't 
superstar CFL receiver. These are guys who are in the exact same position as Dola Gal was, and he was making it work with them. If he Even, can stay a few years in the CFL, maybe he could develop into a decent quarterback. Yeah, well, and yeah. I was going to just say, too, like uh, like his touchdown to, uh, to Jones was really nice in the end zone. Over that double coverage there, like right in his hands, that was a really nice throw. Yeah, it was. Yeah, for me, um, I thought he was adequate. Um, it is important to note that, yeah, he wasn't out there with the superstar CFL receivers. Not like he had Duke or Shaq to throw to. He was kind of working with the twos and threes for the most part out there uh, at receiver, other than KSB, who was double teamed, or he had a couple unfortunate drops for most of that game. For me, uh, I don't think he's done enough to supplant Cody or or even fine for that matter, but for me, I think he's fine. Uh, I'm not gonna be saying cut him after this. I thought he had some accurate throws and made plays that he needed to make at times. I uh, I would say I wouldn't mind seeing him again with more of the ones if we had to, but for me, you know, um Again, he's kind of in that Taylor Cornelius tier, I think. If or probably that's like where he'll end up. And then with the Riders losing now three games to the East, are they now the fourth team in the West? Well, as of right now, yeah. Like, I mean, not even just with COVID, but yeah, it's just like you got three losses on the board right now. BC's shown up a lot more. Uh, Calgary, like, I mean, I was predicting nothing kind of out of Calgary this year, I don't think, and they've just lit it up. And, uh, yeah, Winnipeg's being Winnipeg right now. So, yeah, they're right now, if they're going to keep this up, they're definitely the fourth team in the West, and you're just above Edmonton, which is not good. I think the Raiders need to accept that they're going to be the crossover at this point. Like, if you look at the Raiders' schedule, you could – divided into two easily the first part was going to be your easy opponents the second part was going to be your hard opponents and so far with like two games left in that first part you're four and three it's not going to get any easier yeah i understand your team's banged up and you're going to come back out of the bye really healthy but when you're coming out of the bye you're going to be playing winnipeg three times calgary twice bc twice and then Edmonton and Hamilton once. So outside of those Edmonton and Hamilton games, those are going to be some tough games to get wins against. And you're not going to catch up to Winnipeg or Calgary. Who are, you're not going to catch up to Winnipeg who's 7-0 and unless you're beating those good teams week in and week out at this point with a 4-3 and record. For sure. I know Um, we had kind of the theme last week that we talked about Saskatchewan isn't getting those or they aren't taking those give me wins that these other teams are taking like BC and Winnipeg and Calgary have all won their win uh you know pick me games where it's like these are games you're supposed to win and Saskatchewan just hasn't done that against the east whereas the rest of the west has BC is probably the most fun team to watch in the CFL right now um Winnipeg is cut above everyone else, and Calgary has seemed to turn back the clock a little bit. So, 
yeah, I don't I don't see Saskatchewan as a top three team in the West. So for me, I think they're gonna have to be the crossover team and you know, hope that they can beat the curse of being the crossover team and make it, but it's definitely a, a tough battle for them for sure. And then you and the Argos, do you feel good about barely beating the Riders? Uh what's essentially the third team because most of the players were out this week, or the starters were out, so a lot of this was their backup team, and like I mentioned earlier, this game was actually a lot closer than the scoreboard indicates, because it was a three-point game uh, with a little bit left, and then there was a fumble on the kick return, and the Argos scored a touchdown. So, what really was like a three-point game, now looks like a ten-point game, basically. So, here are the Argos. How good can you feel about this win? You know, with the way the East is playing right now, and I mean, any team will tell you, like, a win's a win on that scoreboard. They're still in first place. They're up, what, two? Or they're only up a game right now, but that's, if it's going to start getting tight there, that's going to matter. So, and I mean, McLeod had a good game, almost 80% completion with only one turnover. And then Andrew Harris had. 143 on the ground and he had like 45 in the air and curly gittens had 150 and a touchdown like they kind of balled out their defense didn't play bad either like the you know the riders didn't have any run game and stuff so you know i wouldn't be too sad about that win and that win is a win too so they they take it any any day of the week uh i don't think you can exactly be too happy because yeah, you almost you did get the win, and a win's a win. But you had five turnovers in the game against a team that had most of their starters out. They were starting to, and they had half a week of practice too. And on top of that, there's a lot of instances in the game where the Riders shot themselves in the foot. They could have easily have won that game, which then the story all of a sudden becomes what happened in Toronto that they lost to a bunch of players who have never started a game in the league. <laughs> but, like, there was that Charleston Hughes one where he batted the ball to himself. That would have been a touchdown, but it wasn't. And then there was the Alfred fumble, and there was a bunch of, mis- bunch of just stupid, stupid things Saskatchewan did to cost themselves the game. Jason Moss up in the booth had something to do with it. <laughs> Sure. <laughs> yeah i'm kind of with you there um yeah i don't think you can feel too good about this one if you're toronto um this isn't a win i'd be bragging about for sure you know you essentially beat a preseason scout team uh very narrowly but if i'm an argos fan i would counter with well we went into mosaic stadium and won which is not an easy place to win games by any stretch so Kind of see both sides of the argument, but I do lean towards the rider side where you are playing mostly backups and third stringers. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, can't feel too good, but Toronto, uh, you're in the East, so a win is a win. And then let's jump into our power rankings. So for me, Winnipeg is in first, DC second, Calgary in third. Uh, Toronto 4th, Saskatchewan 5th, Montreal 6th, Hamilton 7th, Ottawa in 8th, and Edmonton in 9th. 
Yeah, we're we're fairly similar this week. I got Winnipeg, but I got Calgary in two. BC three, Toronto four, uh, Saskatchewan five, Montreal six, Edmonton seven, Ottawa eighth, and Hamilton in ninth. I just yeah, the way they're going, it's just hurting right now. I have a uh, Winnipeg at first, BC in second, Calgary in third, Toronto in fourth, Saskatchewan in fifth, Edmonton in sixth. Montreal in seventh, Ottawa in eighth, and Hamilton in ninth. Fair enough. And then let's jump into our CFL fantasy. So oh, the funnest one this week. Yeah, this one's a tough one. Um, I know most of us would like to forget last week, so yep. uh, I- I'm also in that boat. Um, the best positional options, you've got Nathan Rourke, who... Probably the safest pick at this point, but he's also super expensive. Caleb Evans, who was my dark horse pick last week, balled out, and his rushing upside is huge, so I think he's worth picking at nine grand. We have Dane Evans, who has been solid, but he does he's good for an interception a game, basically, so if you're willing to stomach that. Trevor Harris could do something. And then we've got Bo Levi Mitchell, who's quietly also been kind of solid. Uh, around Zach Kalaros numbers, a little bit better for the most part. So that's kind of all the quarterbacks I have this week. So is there any other one you would recommend anyone take? No, I got Caleb Evans in my lineup. Maybe give Mason Fine a chance if he does get named the starter, but otherwise, no. Fair enough. And then for our running backs, I have Butler, Harris, Kadeem Carey, and William Powell. I think that covers it. Um, are there any other running backs you would recommend someone to take? Yeah, I'm I'm going to say Jamal Morrow this week. I feel like he's going to have a bounce back week with Cody or Mason, whoever's playing this week. Uh, I just think Jamal is going to have a better game this week. So, yeah, I, I'd say put Jamal in your lineup. He's not in my lineup, but same thing, Jamal Morrow. The only reason he did do bad last week is because outside of him and Keen Schaefer-Baker, the Raiders' offense was out, so the Argos' defense just focused on shutting those two down specifically. And they did a pretty good job of it. Morrow got held to 25 yards on 10 carries, and then Keen Schaefer-Baker had no reception. So it was just all game plan issues with that, and that won't be an issue this week. That's fair. I know some of the guys are definitely returning for the Riders. I don't know how many, but hopefully they get more back. So that's, you know, is what it is. And then for wide receivers, I have Braylon Addison, Jalen Acklin, Stephen Dunbar, Curly Gittens, Darvin Adams, and Dalton Schoen. Anybody else you would consider picking? Uh, well, Duke Williams is probably going to be bet like he's off suspension this week, and he's been pretty consistent except for that one week this year. So you could throw him in if you got an extra nine grand kicking around. Uh, I'm going to go with Keen Schaefer Baker. He's in my lineup, and I think he'll bounce back with the team coming back. That's fair. Um, I am actually going to add to this list as I just noticed this. Um, Reggie White is another one he. It was very consistent start the year. Um, wasn't really productive when they made the quarterback change, but is shifting back to being productive again. So he is also someone I would recommend. And then for defense, 
you are it's slim pickings uh this week <laughs> there is no really exploitable matchup that i look at and see um maybe bc uh bc's defense if you're feeling it um otherwise saskatchewan's defense just no matter what always seems to get points so those are the two defenses i would recommend if you have to take one um is there any one that you would recommend no i i don't think so like even if you're gonna go winnipeg or calgary both of those offenses and defenses are gonna have good games but they're not gonna have high scoring games on defense so i wouldn't yeah i think you're right I would recommend taking no defense this week. Yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat there. I'm not taking a defense either, but got to have at least one. So I, I, I go and look for one, but <laughs> value picks. So once again, I'm going to remind people that the standards are lower for value picks than my recommendations for other players. Uh, I know some people will be confused by that, but anyway. I've got Cam Phillips, Argo's wide receiver. Samuel Emelis, um, that one might be depth chart dependent, depending on how many riders come back. And then Carter's lock last week, Carlton Agadosi, who got a flat zero. But for me, <laughs> it's worth giving him one more shot uh, if you have to pick someone for minimum salary. Anyone else yeah, you no. recommend in the value range? No, yeah, Cam Phillips is in my lineup. I had to put someone cheap in, and he's going to work out really well, I think. So, yeah, I think he's a good pick. I don't have anyone for that, but I would like to point out that Agadosi is very likely to not play this week. True. Yeah, because he did get hurt. Um, so, yeah, but at the same time, <laughs> if for some reason he does, I think he's worth kind of a gamble pick. You have to... Again, if you have to pick someone at the 2500 uh, range, it is slim pickets. So, out of the guys there, he's probably the best. And then, let's jump into our locks. Again, I don't have Nathan Rourke because he's too damn expensive. So, <laughs> I have picked Andrew Harris against Ottawa, who, to be honest, their defense is pretty rough. Uh, so, yeah, I feel like he's going to eat against that Ottawa defense. Yeah, I got uh, Curly Gittens Jr. this week, not just kind of following up a big game, but he's been pretty consistent this year and honestly one of the league's best receivers this year, so I just think he's going to be a good lock to have at home this week. I have Dalton Schoen. Uh, he's been on a tear this year. He's third in receiving yards, tied for first in touchdowns, and he's still under 5,000. It doesn't make sense to me. Fair enough. And then predictions and one thing. I figured we'll keep the one thing because I think it's a good idea. So give me your predictions and then one thing you're excited for for that game. So for the Montreal versus Hamilton game, I have Montreal winning that one. And one thing I am excited for is to see if Montreal can cut down their penalties. Yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm going the same way. I got, uh, I have Montreal winning that week too, or this week too. And something I'm looking forward to seeing in that game is hopefully Jake Winicky getting a touchdown this week. You know, they're they're at home, they're playing the not so best defense, so hopefully he can get it done this week. Uh, I have Montreal, and um, you kind of put me on the spot with this one, but I guess 
one thing is who submits themselves as one of the better teams in the East. If Montreal can win this game, they're probably the second best or the best team in the East. If Hamilton can win this game, they're right back in the race. That's fair. And then, so BC versus Sask. Uh, I've got BC winning this one, and one thing I'm looking forward to is likely Mason Fines is going to play this game, so I'd like to see what he can do with a full start. Uh, I have Saskatchewan winning this week. Is it confirmed Cody's not playing? I think it's very likely, given his injury, that they're going to let him rest, because if they well, don't, if they don't he could seriously re-injure himself. Well, man, I like I'd like to switch my pick to BC maybe then. And you know what? Honestly, I'm going like my what I'm excited for in this game though is the the wide receiver battle. You know, with Duke Williams back, it'll be nice to see him and like kind of Lucky Whitehead go head to head on like you know who's the better receiver in the game because it's two of the league's best guys right there. So that's the matchup I'll be looking forward to seeing. But I think I'll still lean Saskatchewan, I guess, because I like Saskatchewan. But, man, if Cody's not playing, I think the Riders are losing again. Fair enough. So you want to keep uh, your pick as Sask, right? Was, yeah, I'll yeah, leave okay. it. Right. I'll, I'll keep bleeding green, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going BC, and since I'm going to be at the game, because I got Rider season tickets, one thing I'm excited for is to watch Nathan Rourke play this year because he's been on another level, and I would love even though it would be against my own team, I'd love to see him tear it up. Same as a guy who's also a Rider season ticket holder and has been watching Rourke since college. I'm very excited to see him live. It's going to be fun. And I know we did see him technically um, last year, but I mean, he's, Doesn't he's, a, he's a new guy this year. So yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then Winnipeg versus Calgary. I have Winnipeg winning this one. And one thing I am looking forward to is hopefully Winnipeg figuring out their running back situation. It's been a three-headed yeah. monster the last couple of weeks, so hopefully they, they can figure it out. Yeah, they just haven't done much on the ground either, though, so yeah, hopefully you're right. But uh, the thing I'm excited for this week and kind of going with my pick is seeing Calgary beat Winnipeg this week. I really think if any game it's going to happen, I think it's going to be this one. Um Winnipeg's kind of in and out with injuries, and uh, I think they have. Was it them or Toronto that's got the COVID bug possibly going through there? Uh, which it, one of them's got kind of COVID going on right now? But oh, anyways, yeah. we'll talk about that after. But uh, yeah, I honestly think that Calgary can win this the way they've been playing those nitty great those nitty games. They've been winning them, and they've only lost I think two Winnipeg this year. So yeah, I just. Just don't see it happening again. Calgary's at home. I'm taking Calgary. Remember when I said you'll see when I think Winnipeg's gonna lose? Oh, I'm yeah. picking Calgary this week. I, like I it. think this is I think this is where Winnipeg meets the end of their undefeated season, and it's nothing to be ashamed of. Seven oh is still really great, but they're gonna be missing some guys. They barely beat Calgary at Winnipeg. They got really lucky at the end there and now this game's in calgary it just seems like a death match for winnipeg for sure and then oh, what's I, one thing you're looking forward to i guess seeing winnipeg lose okay that's a valid excuse being a rider fan so fair enough i'm sorry i just want to correct myself there it's actually calgary that had five players mispracticed due to illness and they said that there are 
quote unquote cases of COVID and pneumonia among players. Ooh. All right. So, so my Winnipeg prediction is looking better. That's good. All right. But um so for me, this next game, Toronto versus Ottawa. I have Toronto winning this one, and one thing I'm looking forward to is I guess seeing um seeing if William Powell can have his breakout game. Kind of waiting for that. He's he's been okay, but he hasn't had that definitive game like he has in previous seasons. So mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's fair. I mean, I'm going the same way. I'm picking Toronto this week, but I'm really excited to see, uh, hopefully with Curly Gittins going back-to-back big games. You know, he's just entered that top 15 on the like on the receiving yards and everything this year, and I really think he's like a really breakout star potentially in the CFL, so I'm really looking forward to another game out of him. I'm still being stubborn. I'm going to pick Ottawa. They failed me many times this year, but I do think that it's only a matter of time and I think this very well is going to be the week because Toronto did not impress me last week in Ottawa even though they lost and Toronto won Ottawa impressed me way more than Toronto did fair enough um I know one thing oh yeah one thing go for it uh I'm excited to see how Caleb Evans plays he's I think he has potential to be a starter in this league kind of like that Vernon Adams breakout. It took years for it to happen, but when it happened, he showed a really high upside, and I'm excited to see if Caleb Evans can start showing that potential flashes. I like it. I like it. And I am going to note that Dylan's picks are going to factor into Carter's record, so if Carter is back (laughs) and he's 0-4, he can go and complain to Dylan. So there you go. (laughs) I have a better record than Carter does, so there you go. And then, so off the pod activities. So I have been on the GTA grind because there is a new DLC that just dropped tonight and I haven't gotten to play it, but I've been grinding money to go and get stuff in the new DLC. So uh, I guess that's kind of, I guess, spoiling next week's. Uh, off the pot activity for me too but <laughs> there you go that's mine nice uh me myself uh, i've been playing a lot of wwe 2k 2022 lately i've uh, just been having a lot of funny like random matches either with like you know star wars people or marvel or like former presidents or former bad people in history you know throwing them in the ring it's just funny to watch and uh yeah and then a uh, Nathan Fielder, who had a show called Nathan for You, started a new show called The Rehearsal, and uh, I, like you just have to look it up. It's uh, probably the funniest show I've seen in a while, and maybe this year. Um, yeah, it's just Nathan Fielder's phenomenal, and the show's great. It's really awkward, cringe comedy, but it is like you'll laugh if you really understand it. Uh, I've been going on a lot of excursions at night lately, like the other. On Friday night, I went to the casino and I turned a hundred dollars into two hundred, which makes me happy. Nice. But two weeks ago, I was at a a music festival in Craven, Saskatchewan, called uh, Country Thunder, where I got to see Morgan Wallen play, and that was pretty cool. Awesome. And I believe that wraps up the pod. Thanks again, Dylan, for filling in for Carter and James. Um, yeah. <laughs> So I believe that wraps things up. So once again, thank you all for listening. 
can follow the podcast at True North CF Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And go like our Facebook page at True North Canadian Football Podcast. You can listen to the show on YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcast. Once again, I have been your host, Mike Schwan. This is the True North Canadian Football Podcast signing off.